Hi, this is Brian Martins, and you're listening to The Spoken Symbol. The Spoken Symbol is a poetry podcast that brings awareness, transformation, and deep intuition into your life. Once upon a time, there was a story about the universe, and it began with words spoken. There was nothing else except spoken words. These words became symbols, and these symbols were crafted to have meaning. People continued to craft words that had meaning, and they built their world upon these meanings. Poetry is a time-honored symbol for us as humans. We choose to inform our inner and outer lives with meaning through the use of poetry. Please join me in the listening of poetry. Open all your senses to the meaning that poets give to our world. Relax. Take a deep breath. Allow yourself to be transported by the metaphorical language of poetry. Magic happens once upon a time. So the title for this podcast, this is the number eight podcast, is What Happens in the Garden? What does happen in the garden normally? So we have some ideas about that. And we'll find out when we get back to our story. So the Iron John story, as we resume, the golden-haired prince, you know, he's left the kitchen, and now he finds himself in the king's garden, tending plants and working with hoe and spade. So he didn't take his hat off in front of the king when he delivered some food to the king's table, and the king had him fired from the kitchen. So um, uh, the chef, the kitchen uh, helper, felt sorry for him and said, we'll get you a job, you know, in the garden. So so he's in the garden. One day while working in the garden, it was so warm that he took off his hat to let his head cool. And the sun shone off his golden hair so brightly that the beams of light went all the way into the bedroom of the king's daughter, which was close to the garden. She ran to the window to see where the light came from. She saw that it came from the boy's head. So she called to the young boy to bring her some flowers, which he did. When she asked him to take off his hat in her presence, he said he couldn't because he had the mange. So she pulled off his hat anyway and saw his beautiful golden hair tumbled down around his shoulders. So this continued for two more days in a row. She called the young boy for flowers, and each day he brought her flowers. But the two following days he kept his hands on his hat, and the princess was not able to pull the hat off. Each day she gave him gold coins for the flowers, but the young lad with the golden hair did not care for them and gave them to the gardener's children. So the garden, now we know the garden is where the young prince and the king's daughter meet and she is touched by the beauty of his, of his hair and she knows that he has gold. That's really the attraction. This is where attraction and love can begin after the young prince has done his ashes work in, in the kitchen and his poverty work, he's ready to meet his love. So this is a condition of, of what he's on, his initiation. Yet he's not ready to show his gold and, and downplays his accomplishments and the gifts of the gold coin. So he's not quite ready to fully show his head of hair or his gold. He still has work to do until he can show himself fully. Nevertheless, the young prince and the daughter of the king have met and the attraction will now compel him to go on a conquest to further his initiation. But whoa, whoa, let's, let's wait a second. We must in some way 
I think, celebrate this meeting and this attraction. So I think a love poem is, is in order here. And here's my favorite love poem by David White. It's called The True Love. The True Love. There's a faith in loving fiercely the one who is rightfully yours, especially if, if you have waited years, and especially if part of you never believed you could deserve this loved and beckoning hand held out to you this way. I'm thinking of faith. I'm thinking of faith now in the testaments of loneliness and what we feel we are worthy of in this world. Years ago in the Hebrides, I remember an old man who walked every morning on the gray stones to the shore of baying seals, who would press his hat to his chest in the blustering salt wind and say his prayer to the turbulent Jesus hidden in the water. And I think of the story of the storm, and I think of the story of the storm and everyone waking and seeing the distant yet familiar figure far across the water calling to them, and how we are all preparing for that about waking and that calling and that moment when we have to say yes. Except it will not come so grandly, so biblically, but more subtly and intimately in the face of the one you know you have to love. So that when we finally step out of the boat toward them, we find that everything holds us and everything confirms our courage. And if you wanted to drown, you could. If you wanted to drown, you could, but you don't. Because finally, after all this struggle and all these years, you don't want to anymore. You've simply had enough of drowning. And you want to live and you want to love and you'll walk across any territory and any darkness, however fluid and however dangerous, to take the one hand you know belongs in yours. Again, the true love. There's a faith in loving fiercely the one who is rightfully yours, especially if you have waited years, and especially if part of you never believed you could deserve this loved and beckoning hand held out to you this way. I'm thinking of faith. I'm thinking of faith now in the testaments of loneliness and what we feel we are worthy of in this world. Years ago in the Hebrides, I remember an old man who walked every morning on the gray stones to the shore of baying seals, who would press his hat to his chest in the blustering salt wind and say his prayer to the turbulent Jesus hidden in the water. And I think of the story of the storm and everyone waking and seeing the distant yet familiar figure far across the water calling to them. And how we are all preparing for that abrupt waking and that calling and that moment when we have to say yes. Except it will not come so grandly, so biblically, but more subtly and intimately in the face of the one you know you have to love. So that when we finally step out of the boat toward them, we find that everything holds us and everything confirms our courage. And if you wanted to drown, you could. If you wanted to drown, you could, but you don't. Because finally, after all this struggle and all these years, you don't want to anymore. You've simply had enough of drowning. And you want to live and you want to love and you'll walk across any territory and any darkness, however fluid, and however dangerous, to take the one hand you know belongs in yours. Now that's a love poem. So my guides have told me that, uh, and mentors, that, that love is the greatest healing force in the universe. And we're on the planet to learn about love and, and create. 
And this uh, force of love for the prince is going to force him to continue his journey of initiation. And of course he wants to. It's going to lead him on his path further. But now he will be caught up in a great conquest where, where he must return to Iron John for a favor. Stay tuned. Okay, on to my next article, podcast, and poem. Stay tuned to my podcast, which you're on. It can be found on anchor.fm forward slash the spoken symbol. My articles are on uh, medium.com under Brian Martins or the spoken symbol. And you'll find the uh, links for the the podcasts on the, uh, the medium article. Thanks for listening and reading. Create and be well.